May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Hey, let's give our moms a round of applause. Thanks, moms. Y'all are amazing. Welcome to Parkway Fellowship. I'm glad you came to church here today on Mother's Day. I want to say uh, welcome to all you moms. I also want to say welcome to the moms at the North Campus joining us by video feed today. So glad that you're here. I really believe that God has something great for us today. You know, when um, Amy, my wife, first became a mom, I've got to be honest with you, we were not prepared for the schedule changes in our lives. I, and I'll be honest with you, it rocked my world. You know, um, when, when, when we had to bring that baby home from the hospital, We were prepared for what was going to happen because we had been used to, you know, staying up late, watching movies, sleeping in late on Saturdays, just have dinner whenever we wanted to. But now, like, we have to feed this baby like every three hours, and there's all these diaper changes and burpings and rocking her to sleep and bath time and all that stuff that goes on with being a newborn. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, it rocked my world. It did. But now, our firstborn, Libby, is about to be in sixth grade. I mean, she is going to be in junior high. She's 11, and she's going to turn 12 before the end of the year. Our time with her in our home is more than halfway over. That thought rocks my world. Because I'm telling you, when we were in the middle of all that, you know, newborn stuff and diapers and three-hour feedings, all that kind of, I mean, it just felt like it was never going to end. But now that it has, I look back on it and I think, man, that went by so fast. And I think all of us have said it went by so fast about something in our lives, Right? I mean, I think we've all said that at some point. You know, when we're in the middle of it, it seems like it's going so slow. But when it's over, we realize it went by so fast. And we say that about high school, about college, about, um, you know, getting our, you know, career going and getting it started, about babies, about when our kids graduate high school, you know, when they get married, when grandkids come along, as grandkids get older, as we get older, you know, while we're in the middle of it, whatever that stage is, it feels like it's never going to end. But when it finally does, we think, it went by so fast. And we come to the realization that life's too short. Life's just too short. So in this series, we're going to talk about several topics that if we ignore them, then when we get to the end of our lives, just because you know, we've been so busy, when we get to the end, we will have a lot of regret 
because we let those things just slide on by. So let's take advantage of the time that we have now so that when we get to the end, we don't have any regrets. We need to do something about it because here's the deal. Life is too short to just, you know, let it slip on by. Which brings us to the topic that we're going to talk about today, and that is that life's too short to take moms for granted. Because the most important relationships that we have in life, we have to be intentional about. And that is especially true about our relationships with our moms. You know, and, and we take people for granted because we think, oh, I'll have time to do this, or we'll have time to say that. But the reality is, is that the amount of time that you and I have is finite. We have a finite amount of time in life. And time doesn't just, you know, get away from us, and time doesn't just fly. Time is spent. And we decide how we spend our time. Now, before we go any farther, let me just say a few words to those listening today that might be having a tough time on Mother's Day. If you've lost your mom, or if you've always wanted to be a mom, or if you had a mom that didn't act like she should have, when you were growing up, or if you've lost a child. I mean, honestly, I know this day can be hard for you. But let me say this. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. And truthfully, you're in pretty good company because a lot of the greatest people in the Bible went through some very difficult times. They had things that happened to them that, that weren't fair, that were out of their control, that they didn't see coming, that were just plain hard. But every time, every time, God did something amazing in their lives and through their lives. And so he, until he does that for you, just remember, God has not forgotten you. He loves you. And he is able to bring healing to that place of hurt in your life. He hasn't forgotten you. Now, on the heels of that, I want us to look at, one of the, at the most famous mom in the entire Bible, Mary, the mother of Jesus, because it's through her life that we learn some key components into making sure that we do not take mom for granted. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. And let's start by asking the question, how can I make sure I don't take my mom, you know, or your dad, for granted? How do I make sure that I don't take my mom or my dad for granted? Here's the first. Number one, I need to anticipate needs. I need to anticipate needs. I want you to look what happens when Jesus is on the cross. In John chapter 19, beginning of verse 25, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time, from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. You see, 
even while Jesus was being crucified, he was thinking of other people, specifically his mom. Because in Bible times, if a woman wasn't married or didn't have sons to provide for her, then she was condemned to a life of poverty and starvation because in this society, women had no voice, they had no rights, they had no position, they had no way to make a living. And Jesus knew this. And so that's why at the very pinnacle of his pain, at the time when he was doing his greatest work by bearing the sins of the world on his shoulders, he takes time to make sure that his mom is taken care of and is provided for. He anticipated her needs, even though his needs were far greater. Do you do that? Do you anticipate the needs of your mom, even when you're tempted to focus on yourself? Teenagers, do you anticipate the needs of your mom? For instance, I can promise you, most of the time, your mom is tired of arguing with you and debating with you about whether it is okay if you do this or okay if you do that. Do you ever anticipate that? I'm telling you, you need to also think about the fact that your mom is doing her level-headed best to try to guide you through life and, and put you on the right path. And so you ought to just trust her. Teenage girls, you ought to trust your mom when she says to you, you can do better than that guy. Teenage boys, you need to trust your mom when she says Axe body spray is not a substitute for deodorant, okay? <laughs> Telling you, moms know this stuff. They got it. Husbands, for you, do you anticipate that when your wife comes home from a long day at work or when she's, you know, spent all day doing the laundry or dishes or housework, you know, or whatever it is, that she's tired and look, and I know when you come home from work, like you're tired too, like so am I. I mean, like I totally get that. But do we ever anticipate her needs? Because I'm telling you, the most Christ-like thing that you can do in that moment is to just jump in and help. And now look, I promise you, I am preaching to me as much as I am preaching to anybody else. But truthfully, the most Christ-like thing you can do is, just, is to jump in and help because you're anticipating her needs. If you have kids, often the needs of grandparents are that they want to be involved in your life and your grandkids' life because without that, like, they become very lonely. So do you anticipate those needs? Because a lot of times grandparents, they don't really want, they don't want to insert themselves into your life or into your kid's life without being asked. Now the truth is, there are some grandparents that will insert themselves in anybody's life and they don't really care. You have to anticipate that as well. But the majority of the time, do you anticipate the needs of your grandma, your grandpa, or if you're an adult, your mom as a grandparent? Do you anticipate that? Do you anticipate the needs of your parents that at, about how you are going to help take care of them 
when they get to the age where they cannot take care of themselves? Do you anticipate that? Have you had that conversation yet? So for each of us, for each of you, you need to anticipate the needs of your mom. And you know, don't get so swallowed up in focusing on yourself and what's going on in your life and whatever it is that's pulling at your schedule. You have to just put all that stuff aside and you have to anticipate the needs of your mom because that's what Jesus did. Okay, second thing we learn from the life of Mary is this. Number two, I need to thank my mom for being a part of big moments. I need to thank my mom for being a part of big moments. Look what the Bible says in John chapter two, beginning in verse one. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and, the disciple, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. It's almost as if Mary was saying, I believe in you, son. And here is a big moment of opportunity if you decide to take advantage of it. Verse six. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first and the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This, the first of his miraculous signs. Why don't you circle that? The first of his miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him. You see, Mary was there for his first public miracle. She was there for one of the big moments of his life. And truthfully, if you read the New Testament, Mary was there for a lot of big moments in Jesus' life. I mean, she was there at his birth. Let it sink in. She was there at his birth. She was there when he was dedicated at the temple. She was there for his first Passover at the temple. She was there at the cross, and she was at the tomb after the resurrection. Mary was there for the big moments in his life. And when you think about your life, your mom was probably there for the big moments in your life as well. When you hit your first home run, your first piano recital, your school play, your baptism, when you became a Christ follower, your graduation, when you got married, when you became a parent for the first time. I'm telling you, for the big moments, man, moms are there. So have you thanked her? Have you thanked her for being there for all the big moments in your life? And the truth is, she was there for a lot of non-big moments too. You know, she was there for all those really long swim team practices 
She was there for all the strikeouts. She was there for the, you know, longer than necessary school play to hear you say your one line about pilgrims. Okay, she was there for all of that. So have you taken the time to thank her for being there for all that stuff for you? Would you make a commitment to call your mom today and thank her for being there for all those big moments? Make that a, make that a decision you're going to do today and follow through and do it. All right, number three. Third thing we get is this. Remember her investment in me. I need to remember her investment in me. Now, this point's gonna take a couple of minutes to develop, so I just, just hang with me, okay? Let's look at what this verse says about who was present at the scene at the cross. John 19, 25 says, near the cross, stood, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Now, there are some people curiously absent from this scene of the cross whom you would expect to be there. The first is Joseph. Joseph, the husband of Mary, he wasn't there at the cross. Now, we don't know any of the details, but the reason why he was not present is because sometime after Jesus is 12 years old, Joseph dies. And so he's not there. And we also know from the Bible that before he died, Mary and Joseph had at least six other children. And we know that because the Bible gives us the names of four of his brothers, and then it says that they were, he also had sisters, plural. So there were at least six, maybe more, which means that Mary had at least seven children. And at some point became a single mom of seven. Single moms. Let me say this. I am blown away by how much you do. I am blown away by how much you do for your kids. I mean, you are amazing. And I want you to know, God is bigger than whatever it is that has made you a single mom. He's bigger than that. Our Heavenly Father has trusted you with the rearing of your kids, even though you are a single mom. And God knows you can do this. Because when God was looking down from heaven to find someone on earth to rear his one and only son, he picked a woman who he knew would one day become a single mom herself. And he chose her to rear his one and only son. And Mary did it with seven kids on an extremely meager income. I'm telling you, single moms, you can do this. You can do this. And one day, you're going to look back on that time, and it, although while it, now it seems like it, it, it's never going to, you're going to look back on that time, and your kids are going to look back on that time, and they will thank you for your investment in them, because you invested them in, in such a way where you encourage them to love God, to follow God, to have a relationship with God, to know God, to obey God. So keep doing that. Keep investing in your kids spiritually. And I'm telling you, your church family, we are here to help you, to support you, to applaud you every step of the way. I mean, so we applaud you, single moms. I'm telling you, you are amazing. 
that you do all that you do. You're, you are amazing. Liquid applaud for single moms. You are unbelievable. You are unbelievable. There's a second group of people that were curiously absent from the scene at the cross that day, and that was Jesus' brothers and sisters. They weren't there. And like I said, Jesus had at least six siblings, maybe more, but none of them are listed as being there at the cross. And, and the truth is, if they were there, they would have been listed, because as family members, they would have been important. But they weren't there. And we do know that all growing up, Jesus' brothers and sisters did not believe in him as the Messiah. They did not believe in him. Now, we know from the Bible that after the resurrection, James, one of the brothers, became a Christ follower, and he eventually became one of the key leaders in the church in Jerusalem. And we also know from historians that all of the remaining brothers and sisters of Christ also became Christ followers after the resurrection. But during those years growing up, I wonder how hard it was for Mary, knowing that none of her kids were believers. I wonder how hard that must have been. I wonder how much she invested in them, kept trying to tell them, kept praying for them, and, and just kept loving them even in the midst of their unbelief. I think it's pretty safe to say that Mary had an awful lot invested in her kids. On that same note, I know that for some of you, it's very hard because you have sons or daughters that are not Christ followers yet. And I know that is hard and that is difficult. Like, I get it. And it's, it's a tough line to walk because you, know, you don't want to be pushy you know, but at the same time, you don't want to, you know, just simply say nothing either. So, you find yourself in the same boat as Mary. And, you know, while this message isn't about dealing with kids who don't believe, uh, let me say this. You're in very good company. Because that's where Mary was. You're not the only one that's been there. She was there. And it's, now, it's clear that her kids eventually became Christ followers as adults. So that means that there is hope that your sons or daughters could become Christ followers as adults as well. But until that happens, you have to continue to love them, to you know, speak to them, to um, support them, and to embrace them. It doesn't mean that you approve of all of their actions, but it does mean that you continue to love them as your son or as your daughter. That's what it means. Okay, let me talk for just a moment about those of you who have had someone spiritually invest in you when you were a kid or all growing up. Now, as a result, if you had a mom that did that, some of you became Christ followers when you were a kid. And so, you know, that investment paid off immediately. Others of you are, you know, more of a long-term type of investment. Because <laughs> perhaps maybe you've been skeptical of Jesus, just like Jesus' own brothers and sisters were. If that's you, that's okay. Maybe you became a Christ follower as an adult, or maybe you're still thinking about becoming a Christ follower. 
What I'm saying is, is that if that's you today and you have become a Christ follower, you know, as a result of someone pouring their life into you at, you know, at some point in time in your past, then would you make it a, a, make a commitment today to call them and thank them for that, especially if it's your mom? Call and thank her for that investment she made in you. And if it's somebody other than your mom, call them and thank them for that investment they made in you as well. Because they need to know that it's paid off. And maybe you haven't talked to that person in years. And you're afraid that's going to be an awkward call. I'm telling you, it's not. They will be so blown away. They will be so thankful you called. And the truth is, you'll be so glad you did. Because they made an investment in you. All right, let me wrap it up by saying this. Each of us has been given a finite amount of time in life. And life's too short to take the people in life that we love most for granted, especially our moms. Because time doesn't get away from us, and time does not fly. Time is spent, and we get to decide how we are going to spend our time. And if we will spend our time like God asks us to, by anticipating needs and thanking our moms and remembering them for the amount of time that they've invested in us and the spiritual investment they've made in us, then we will be able to look back on life and say, you know what, yes, life's too short, but I have no regrets how I spent it. So find your connection card, and let's take some next steps together this morning. Maybe it's this first one. I commit to anticipate the needs of my mom and or my spouse. Would you make that commitment? Would you start doing that? To get outside yourself a little bit? Number two. I will sit down and talk with my spouse to anticipate the needs of our parents. If you haven't had that talk yet, at least start that conversation. Would you make a commitment to do that? Next, I will thank my mom today for being there for my big moments in life. If you haven't thanked her, would you make it a point to thank her today for being there for those big moments? Next. I commit to be at the big moments in life for my kids. Because maybe your mom didn't do that for you. Or maybe you're saying, you know what, I need to readjust how my approach to life, so I need to start doing this. And if you don't even have kids yet, you might want to check this box and say, you know what, that's the kind of parent I want to be. And I'm committing to be that kind of parent now. Would you do that? Next. Today, I will call my mom or the person who made a spiritual investment in me and thank them. Would you do it? Or maybe for you, it's this next one because someone's made that investment in you and it's, you realize it's time for you to take that step of faith and cross the line and become a Christ follower yourself. So maybe it's this one. I will pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. Right below these next steps, there's a sample prayer for how to become a Christ follower. If you've never prayed that prayer before, you've never become a Christ follower, you realize it's time and you're ready. I'm gonna give you a chance to pray that prayer right now. And I'm gonna give everybody a chance to pray and ask God to help you follow through with these next steps 
and use these next steps to change you as well as your family. And also take, this, take these moments and ask God to bless your mom. Pray a special blessing for your mom. So I want right now, I want everybody to bow your head, close your eyes, and if you're ready to pray that prayer to become a Christ follower, this is your time to do that as well. So let's all pray for these next moments. Father, I want to say thank you for setting aside a day in our calendar year when we can appreciate and make sure that we don't take for granted our moms, the people in our life that are the most important. And so I ask that you would help every mom in this room realize that their efforts, their work, and their sacrifices are not in vain, that they are all for such a greater good, and that there's a payoff at the end in the lives of their sons and their daughters. And even if that payoff has yet to be seen, Father, I ask that you would help them visualize it and pray for it and hope for it. And for those in this room that have a difficult time on Mother's Day because of something in their past or something that's going on in their life, Father, I ask that you would draw especially near to them right now. To single moms, I ask that you would encourage them, let them know that you believe in them, that they can do this, and that you are there walking beside them every step of the way. And you would help all of us realize life's too short and we need to spend our time wisely following your directions and bring us back safely next week so that we can hear more and ask you to do this in the great name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.